It clears waste from your body. It fights off infections and protects you from unseen harms. It carries oxygen throughout your body and helps maintain your muscles and your bones. It courses like a river, your literal life flowing through your veins. It's there to keep you alive. Unfortunately, it happens to be the meal of choice for some frightening creatures. And when you find yourself all alone, there's no one to stop them from having their fill. Welcome to Studies in Shadow. Hello and welcome to Studies in Shadow. I am your host, Jack Rogers, and as always, I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Noah Bazoo. Say hi, buddy. I'll keep the compliments coming. I'm loving this. No. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. We said more energy before we started. Good. And I'm, I'm here to bring that energy. Get pumped! Wildcats <laughs> in the house. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um... Yeah. Bad way to start. <laughs> Bad way to start. <laughs> I was like, should I have not have made <laughs> What is it called? High school musical reference? Yeah, good. This is a scary podcast. <laughs> Ma. Oh my I gosh. was I was thinking of that, you know that um that video where that person is going around the house like, we can't have people know that we sit. And she's like cleaning the house and like vacuuming. Oh, yeah. It's like the mom gotta, freaking out. The, yeah, mom freaking out when guests are coming over. Pillows gotta be pumped. Oh, yeah. Gotta be fluffed. It's like, it's like, I told you to clean the couch. I'm sorry, Ma. It doesn't matter. Throw it away. We're out of time. <laughs> and they just chuck the There's brand no new couch out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the beds? Put the beds away. So what does it have to do with our podcast? No, that's just what I was thinking when I was like, we gotta be pumped. Oh, yeah. Gotta be <laughs> fluffed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All over the place tonight. We're having a good start. My this goodness. Is good. This is good. So just like when we do every episode, I'm lisping like crazy right now because I have my braces in. I'm tempted to take them out. Anyway, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> um, makes no difference to me. We don't know what the episode's going to be named, but we know what it's about. It is going to be about vampiric history and some of the specific lore therein. We decided on this because... Okay, I'm taking these out. Oh, what? Uh, ASMR. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to talk. So it's I like the beginning hear. of that Billie Eilish uh, album. Ew, no. I'm I sorry. have taken out my Invisalign, and this is the album. Have you not heard that? Yeah, no, I have heard okay, that. No. <laughs> That's what it is. Anywho, so we actually put this to a vote on Facebook because we wanted you guys to decide whether we do either a specific set of lore from North America or from Europe. Mm. I thought Europe would win in a landslide. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted to do North America, Mm -hmm. but it's not really about what I want. It's about what you, (laughs) the fans, want. You want. (laughs) Rainbow. You know, our vast audience of 25 people. Don't bag it, dude. It's going to, it grows. (laughs) No, it's, it's how every podcast starts, I know. Um, and uh, it only won by 4%. Yeah. Europe how many, did. How many people even voted? It, what was I like, think around like 30. Oh, okay. Like 30 people voted. Jeez, that is a pretty good like split. I guess we know what we're doing next week then. Yeah, I, I said that when I posted the results. I said, well, I guess we kind of know what y'all want to hear next week because 
Apparently, y'all want to hear it. I have... Oh, no, that's just Sharpie inside of my mug. Never mind. <laughs> I thought there was, like, a, a blue fuzz. My goodness. My focus is all over the place tonight. <laughs> Anywho. Let's get into this. <laughs> this, was a, this was a fun topic to study. It's really vague in some areas. Like, I challenge you guys to go online and just look up historic vampire stories. I had to look at a manuscript from the 1700s and transcribe it so we can read it to you today. <laughs> from the Latin. No, I literally, I looked at the screen because all the S's are weird. All the letters look uh, odd. It's like an actual manuscript. It's from, the thing that I'm going to read is from 1741, right? Good times. And so I don't know what was up with their text back then, but I literally, I did not have the patience to sit there and type out what I was looking at. Uh, looking at on my computer screen because I was typing this all on my phone with a Bluetooth mm-hmm. keyboard. I turned on the voice to text and I just read what the manuscript said. Turns out Siri does not speak Old English because I had to go back and edit a lot. I could see that. Yeah. So there might be some words I might have missed a couple when I went back and, and revised that just don't make sense. It'll blend in to all the other Old English that makes absolutely zero sense. I guess I'll say this as well, too, and I was saying this before we started. There are a lot of words, names, descriptions, just basically things that have really weird... um, They're really weird. Tell them about the Strigois. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get into that. It's like ancient Romanian, ancient English, you know, stuff that's very old. Um... And the names and the words and the things they use to describe things don't don't roast us because we don't get the pronunciation exactly right. We're doing it to the best of our abilities. Roast us for other reasons. Yeah. I'm sure you <laughs> Wait, can no, find no, some. No. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? I, I always talk first. Name that movie. It's Star Wars. Yes, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get this thing started. So... Do you want to tell me something you found first? Don't go too crazy into it. We want to just test the waters. Okay. (laughs) So I thought the concept of vampire started in, like, Transylvania. So I, the way I've always thought about it is I thought Vlad the Impaler. Yes. Was the original thing for a vampire. The OG. Right. That's what people say. That's what Bram Stoker based his book off of. Bram Vlad the Impaler. Stoker. Who, by the way, was a hero, I found out. Not only was he super sadistic, but he also defended, uh, what is it, where is he from? Hungary? Romania? Yeah, yeah Hungary. Okay. Wait, let, I'm going to make sure, but continue. He, he defended the country from the Ottoman real. Empire. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like this war hero that the country loves, but he was just absolutely brutal. I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit, but it, it didn't start in Europe. I was finding stuff from, like, ancient Mesopotamia. Just the concept of either like a demon or an un, undead creature, past human, feasting on the blood of humans. Yes. That's how they stay alive. That concept has been around for millennia. Yeah. A long, 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 long time. So that's what I found out. So that's actually what I wrote. Stories of the undead and immortal bloodsuckers. I almost just wrote suckers. <laughs> and the immortal suckers throughout much ancient history from ancient Egypt. Oh, yeah, there's ones in Egypt, too. Uh, to 14th century Bohemia, but things really took off during the Black Plague in the 16th century Europe. That's that's where I found was kind of the big, big boom with vampires. I guess something vampirism. like I guess something I would say um, with that is like 
as I was doing these, stu- as I was studying, you know, the same thing you were, and I was looking back and like, even on here as I'm reading, I've got dates from 1579 and even earlier 1441 and stuff like that. Ew. I know, yeah, I know there's some that are way, way earlier, obviously, but when you walk up to anyone on the street today and you say, in 30 words or less, tell me what a vampire is. Edward. <laughs> yeah. Team Edward. Team Edward. No, that's 2015. The Volteri. Oh, my gosh. But they do. They just say, okay, they don't like sunlight. They die if they go in the sunlight. They burn. Garlic. They, they drink They drink blood. They hate garlic. <gasps> um, Our puppet yeah. should be a, uh, a vampire. Okay. We'll, we'll put it to a vote. <laughs> we'll talk know, about the puppet later. These things like that. These things that just keep them, you know, this the standard vampire thing. And it's all because Bram Stoker wrote that book, Dracula. I don't remember when he wrote it. I don't have the date, and I probably should because I'm stupid and didn't write it. Anyway, he wrote that, and it has defined vampires today. I think I know when he wrote it. I might be wrong. It's. I think they wrote it during a time where a bunch of authors were, like, snowed in for the winter, and so they had a writing contest. Huh. That's where Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. When did Bram Stoker... On the fly studying right now. Hit that, like a, hit that search button a little harder. 1897. I was going to say, was it in the 18th? And then when did Mary Shelley write Frankenstein? We'll do Frankenstein episode another 1818. Day. I am wrong. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> but I am but so off. Like, whenever I, when, when people, I've talked to some people about this, like, you know, um, what do you think about vampires and stuff like that? And when people ask, like, oh, yeah, Bram Stoker, or, like, whenever you bring him up, they think, oh, yeah, he's from, like, the 1500s, the 1600s. Nobody realizes that he wrote it just before the turn of the century. And, like, it, like in hindsight, like, it really wasn't that incredibly long ago that he wrote Dracula. And yet, you know, the entire world, basically, if, without going into, like, depth or expert scholars, mm-hmm. knows vampires based off what he wrote. And it's then, just that thing. And then the first film depiction of a vampire, I believe, was Nosferatu. Yes. That dude. Was that based off of Bram Stoker? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of elements were. Yeah. I don't remember what Nosferatu meant, if it meant anything. Did you know they're remaking it? I did not. Apparently. I heard something about it. It might, we'll go it might see just it. be a rumor, but <laughs> I would totally be down. Nosferatu is the scary vampire y'all see in like black and white. He's bald and he's got the two sharp teeth in front. He doesn't have them on his... Uh, on canine his canine teeth, whatever, yeah. like this t- stereotypical vampire. And he's got, like, claws, too. He kind of looks like a... Well, he looks like a Strigoi or a Wendigo. Ooh. A Wendigo Ooh. with a suit on. Good, good stuff right there. So you just said a word, Jack. You said Strigoi. Strigoi. You want to talk about your Strigoi? No. Okay, so right before... right, I'll, no. tell, I'll tell them the story now. Oh right before we hit record, Noah and I were talking about the pronunciation of a lot of these words because... We may have European blood, but we are not from Europe, and so we do not know how to pronounce a lot of these words. And everywhere I look that talks about the Strigoi, which is a certain type of vampire from Romania, Uh every American and Australian person that I watch, because there were apparently those were the two dialects of the videos on YouTube, they pronounce it Strigoi. And then you punch it into Google Translate, and it detects Romanian, and... I'll turn it up so y'all can hear. Strigua. No. Strigua. That sounds so weird. It may sound weird, but neither Noah nor I speak 
Romanian, and so who are we to judge? I'm sorry to all our friends in Europe or Romania. We have a couple European listeners. We Either do. that or they're using a VPN. I don't think they're that smart in terms of like people Whoa. using in terms of people Whoa. using a VPN. That's what I mean. All of the UK listeners are geniuses. That's why they sound so fancy. And we're going to move past the fact that you just call their audience stupid. (laughs) No, I call people who use VPNs in a different country stupid. (laughs) No, 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 no. People can use VPNs in this country, and it makes it look like they're in another country. Yeah. That's what a VPN does. So they could be American listeners who are just using a VPN. They look like they're from Europe. Eh, I don't don't (laughs) think anybody who listens to this does that. Let's be optimistic. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Something I have is, like, one of the earliest m- mentions of, like, a Strigoi was, was by, once again, I can't, these names are so hard, was by Huer Grando Alviokchik. Oh, I read this. Yeah. I didn't write it down, but I read about and this. And it's in modern, it was from a region of Istra, which is in modern-day Croatia, and the village, the villagers believed to have been the first real person described as a vampire because he was referred to as a Strigoi, Strigan, or Strigun, different ways they say it, in contemporary local records. Uh, Grando was supposedly, um, t- he was supposedly terrorized his village um, 16 years after he died. Uh, eventually, he was decapitated by a local priest and villagers, you know, way to get the job done. And Woo. a bunch of, uh, you know, scholars and writers back in the day wrote about how, um, about his life, about Guardo's, uh, Grando's life and afterlife. And... Uh, <laughs> just like what could have caused him to turn into this. And that might not be the earliest, earliest mention, but everywhere I looked, that was like one of the biggest things that references the fact that in 1579, there was a reference to the fact that, you know, this guy died and he was still messing around with people mm-hmm. years after he was dead. I got a fun story for you later. Ooh. Some some super similar, but not years after his death. Try like 10 weeks. <laughs> oh, is it the same guy? No, no, okay, no, no. Gotcha, it's a different gotcha. one. But I mean, they did eventually do away with the corpse. Yeah, they're pretty Because of, actually it was because of a lack of scientific understanding. Who to thunk? Oh my gosh, um, it's like witches. Right? It, it, this was like a different type of witch hunt. It Only it, did, it didn't have like the accusatory system. <sighs> Where did it because say Because all of their accused were already dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I read something on here, and it was like, oh, man, this frustrated me so badly. Um, It basically was saying that if people in certain parts of the world where, you know, vampirism was kind of common knowledge or the idea of vampires was, Mm -hmm. you know, if you just had a disease or a sickness or something was wrong with you that they didn't know what to explain, you were either a vampire, a witch, or a demon. Yeah. Even if like, oh, I just got burned. Nope, that's a mark of Satan. Yeah. You're oh, dead. there, there is one that's super relevant, actually. You know how they say vampires can't go out into the sun mm-hmm. because they're nocturnal feeders, whatever? Mm-hmm. There was a type of, uh, I can't remember if this was with the Black Plague. There was a type of illness that would give blisters to skin that was exposed to sun. Pretty much their skin would act out to UV rays. And it just sounds like people who don't use enough suntan lotion. I guess. I'm just kidding. No, but people saw that and they said, you went out into the sun and your skin's on fire. You're a freaking vampire. I almost wonder if that like started the trend because like I don't know like where the idea of vampires burn in the sunlight. But who's to say that like maybe somebody was suspected of a vampire and they saw them with that disease that you're talking about and that's where it started from. Perhaps. Because these things don't just come out of nowhere. You don't just say vampires hate sunlight. Like there has to be a reason for this thing to have stayed 
for millennia, like you said. Why is this canon? Yeah, exactly. Like, why is this a fact? Yeah. If it is a fact, anyway. So, I actually... Do I want to skip ahead in my notes to where I wrote down more about Strigoi since we're on this subject? I'm going to do that. I figured that was the first thing we'd talk about since That's it's like, a good idea. Do you want me to say something? I, I got it. That was like, I got okay. something. So, Strigoi or Strigua, according to that. Google Translate. You can say that. The okay. actual translation means three things. The third one might catch your attention. Hey, third one. Oh, That's like by the way, Stri- Strigoi are commonly known, well, not commonly known, those who know about Strigoi, it is commonly known that they are shapeshifters, that they can turn invisible, and Mm -hmm. that they feed on blood. Right, okay. Now, with that in mind, the three translations for Strigoi or Strigoi are ghost, vampire, Uh or poltergeist. Oh, say witch. Poltergeist. We talked about those last week. Yeah, like last week. Last week we talked about Poltergeist, and I was like, huh? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, stuff's getting thrown around and nobody can see what's happening. And that's how they latch on to it. That sounds like a Strigoi. Well, imagine if it's not like a ghost and it's just an invisible monster just throwing crap around in your house. That's even more scary. A little bit. He's just hunting you like, hey, here's your teddy bear. Yeet, and he throws it across the room. It's like that video game, The Hidden. I don't know what it's about. Oh, um, C. Nanners plays it. Do you know C. Nanners? Nope. He's a video gamer. Anyway, it's on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to Google it's just, it's just this thing where the monster is invisible. You're like a, a deranged test subject if you're the monster. And there's like a SWAT team that goes in. Sounds and they awesome. have to kill this monster. And they can only see it if they're standing still. Ugh. If they are moving, they cannot see the monster. Ew. And even when they're standing still, they can't even see the monster that well. This has nothing to do with Strigoi lore. I don't know why I'm going into such detail about this. That's pretty detailed. Okay. Oh, it's it's a scary game. Okay. But anyway, invisible monster, can't see it, throwing crap around. That sounds like a poltergeist to me. Okay. Huh. Well, that's interesting. It's kind of funny how it ties in back to that yeah. poltergeist. Do you know how Strigoi are created? Yes. Do you? Yes. All the steps? Yep. Do you want to tell me one and I'll tell you one? Being the seventh child of the same sex in a family. Looks like we have the same thing. Yep. So, they, to, to, be a, to be turned into a Strigoi, this is according to Dimitri Kentemir. Um, He's a folklorist. And yep. also, uh, Theodore Burada, Burada, who is an, an... Actually, no. Theodore Burada is the folklorist, and then Dimitri Kentemir is an encyclopedist. Respectively. Um, this uh, book they wrote... Uh, it was published in 1882. It's, it refers to cases of Strigoism, and it talks about how it can be created under these conditions. One, like Jack already said, you be the seventh child of the same sex in the family. So I guess that means like if they have seven boys and you're the seventh one, you're a Strigoi. It's like rolling snake eyes seven times. Exactly. It's terrible um, odds. You lead a life of sin. You're basically a sinner your whole life. Uh, another one is you die without being married. Oh, no. You die by execution of perjury. 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 My bad. I spelled that wrong. That's when you... English. Noah. So perjury is when you give testimony and then your testimony contradicts... The facts. Another testimony against your... Perjury is like committing perjury against yourself. Yeah. It's incriminating yourself. Isn't it basically like when it's like swear... It's like lying. The whole truth. Yeah, exactly. Help you God. It's, It's like getting... It's like lying in court. So you die. If I'm wrong, somebody please tell me. Yeah, so you die by execution of prejury, and you die by suicide, that's another way, or you die from a witch's curse. 
Those are the ways that are recorded that you can become a Sturgoy. So it's, I mean, there's a couple of these that are like, I mean, being the seventh child of the same sex in the family, that's, that's, that's a really big, that's a really big what if. I mean, I know it's a one in, it's 50% every time when they have a kid. It's just, is it a baby girl? Is it a baby boy? Or is it yeah. a Strigoi? Is it a, yeah. if it's you say boy? One, no, it's a Strigoi. What's that? You'll find a life out. of sin. Like that's, I feel like a lot of people would do that. Like I don't know, but these are like, I feel like those are don't like, we all lead a life of sin? I mean, yeah, but like I'm thinking of like bad, bad, bad guys. Die without being married. I'm sure there's. Plenty that's of not guys. hard to do. That's not hard to do at all. I'm, I'm in that trajectory right now. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, death, death by suicide. That's another thing that. You know, it's unfortunate to say, but that's not a rare thing. Yeah. That's unfortunate to say that. But I think the only two things that I'm kind of like, mm, that's tough besides the seventh child um, is the fact that, you know, execution of prisery or die from witch's curse. Those two are a bit more like kind of probably harder to come by. Perjury. Yeah. Preganonant. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's how you, that's how they're created into one. So... I don't know. That was just really interesting to me and how there's like a list of like ways to do it. So if any of the listeners really want to be a Strigoi, you can just go back and listen and pick one of the ways. Preferably not, though, because they're pretty upsetting and depressing. I actually have. I can't remember if because I I took a bunch of notes for this. I can't remember if this relates to Strigoi in general or to vampires. Strigoi in specific or vampires in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wrote this French geographer, Elise Recluse said, quote, if the deceased has red hair, he is very concerned that he was back in the form of dog, frog, flea, or bedbug, and that it enters into houses at night to suck the blood of beautiful young girls. So it is prudent to nail the coffin heavily, or better yet, a stake through the chest of the corpse. That's actually a pretty good segue to other types of vampirism and stakes through the chest and whatnot. Tell me, what did you learn about that? Uh, I got. I learned a couple things about stakes through the chest. So just kind of like taking a backtrack, we'll go to the stake in the chest thing. But just like it's interesting what you said. Um, what red hair? Well, what <laughs> what the whole like coming from the grave kind of thing? Because we've seen like the, there's different types of strigoi, and they come from all different places. And there's the undead strigoi is the yeah, most dangerous. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The strigoi mort. It says that an un, a dead strigoi is the most dangerous. They emerge from the grave in order to torment their families until their relatives die. That's so brutal. I see you read the same Wikipedia page I did. This is off of this is off of the of Nat Geo. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I visited that one too. I was like, I was like, I don't use Wikipedia that I, much. For I think my I use, stuff. I think I use History, Nat Geo, and then Wikipedia, which took me to other sources. Yeah, it's okay, but yeah, like that's that's the, that's the big thing is just like when you're talking about that, you know, putting nailing the coffin, making sure they're staying under, plus the six feet of dirt on top of them. But even then, they come back and they torment their family members. That's so sad until they die. That's so messed up. That sounds like a movie. Pet Cemetery. That's the one. Oh, yeah. There you go. Terrorize the family until they're dead. Good old Stephen King. <laughs> but what were you talking about with the stake in the chest? I want to hear oh, about this, too. Oh, okay. So, first of all, it reminds me of that scene from Hotel Transylvania where the kid's asking Dracula, is it true that you can get killed with a wooden stake through the heart? And he's like, yes, but who wouldn't that kill? 
<laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a really that's good a point, really though. good point. It's like, you die from we that. You have yeah. to kill him with a wooden stake through the heart. It's the only way. Are you sure it's the only way? That, I mean, it's a pretty good way to kill anything. That kills everything. Oh, <laughs> if you put a stake through the heart, it means it's a vampire. That's another like another witch trial thing. It's like, yeah, if we shoot you in the face, then you, and die, you die, it means you're evil. <laughs> you're a vampire. Pretty sure that's how everybody Be- dies. It's like in that uh, scene in Supernatural where there's a witch, and she's like, you can't kill me with regular bullets, and he holds up the post-it note while he's pointing the gun at her, and it just says, witch-killing bullets, and he smiles at her, and then he shoots her. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a witch-killing bullet. Shoot them. Ah, they died. They're a witch. That was just a real bullet with, like, silver on it. <laughs> it worked, though. It worked. It killed them, didn't it? <laughs> All right, so tell me more about the steak thing. Okay. I want to hear this. Fun little tidbit. Your <laughs> your wealth and status determined what kind of stake you'd get in your heart. Just period when you die, even if you weren't a Strigoi? A vamp- oh, I'm talking about vampires. Oh, so you have to be a vampire for this to be applicable. Or that country's <laughs> version of a vampire. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so the poor would get, the poor vampires who were accused after death would get a wooden stake through the heart. As you do. The wealthy and... Uh, High-statured people. Like political people, maybe. Just high-up, high-up people would get iron stakes with the heart. Ooh. We want to give you something a little more, hmm, let's say permanent. <laughs> if you're the richest, you get a diamond. I don't know, if it, I don't know if it was just because they're like, let's give them a nicer material, or if they just said, hey, let's, maybe they're, they're super powerful because they were rich. And that way, they're a more powerful vampire. Maybe just because they had the money, they just spent the money on it. <laughs> when you bury me, this is the stake I want you to use. I mean, people pick their tombs, and they're super fancy. Look at the pharaohs, for goodness sakes. Pyramids. But I'm, I don't know if anybody chooses to get freaking Staked stuck in down oh, that's true. into the ground with a stake. Uh, yes, defile my corpse uh, after, after I'm I've dead, died. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, some people, I think I want to be cremated. Yeah, sweet shoes out. Can't um, come back as a vampire if you're a bunch of ash. <laughs> Get past that one, Edward. Do you know how to prevent Strigoi? <sighs> I know you have this written down, but I'm going to read it to you. There are six ways that I found. I don't actually think I wrote this down. On various websites, because I wanted to see if it was nonsense. Go for it. there were a couple that were like, there was a couple websites. I actually went to a Harvard document where it talked about early European mythology. And it talks about, like, there's like a one-page section of like 50 pages about Strigoi. And it's like, contrary to popular belief, these, you know, blank, 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 actually don't work. Those are like, one person said that, or it's in one text. The things we've compiled are the ones that are, like, commonly put in different places and, you know. Anyway, how to prevent a strigoi. Number one. Kill all seventh children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like the freaking King Herod over there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Exu- no. <laughs> Number one. Exhume the strigoi. Do you know what it means to exhume? Yeah, take them out of their freaking hole in the ground. Yeah, so just do that. <laughs> take the body out. That's it. That's number yes, one. give them to open air so they can That's get in and out easier. <laughs> number two, remove its heart and cut it in two. Oh, yeah, I did read that. W- once again, one of those things where it's like, that would kill most, that would kill pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Number three, drive a nail in its forehead. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I the chest one wasn't enough. Double tap, <laughs> boom! Throw headshots. That's where they came from, right there. Oh my gosh! How to yeah. make it happen? I looked that one up because I wanted to make sure that one wasn't. Because I read that the first time and I was like, maybe they mean chest or heart. So I looked it up. No, that's in a bunch of different places and a bunch of different records from different places. Get him right in the thinker. Yeah. Number four, place a clove of garlic under the tongue. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd want to die too if that happened to me. Have you ever eaten raw garlic? Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. So I, Bro, I love garlic. You've eaten a raw clove of garlic and just chewed it up. Like when you pull it out of the wrapping and you just plop it into the yellow thing? Yes. Yeah. It was a dare. Are you... Okay, okay. but you didn't eat it of your own volition. I mean, um, I threw my mouth. So I went uh, to a wilderness survival thing called Anasazi in Arizona. And one day they were like, let's do a cleanse. I'm like, okay. And one of the trail walkers or somebody, like the nurse or something, said, this is really good for your system. It, it like shocks it and gets rid of all the toxins. I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's a clove of garlic. I didn't know that garlic would do this, but it actually, like, raw garlic makes you sick yeah. if you chew it up. Yeah. Also, it's really painful. Mm-hmm. It's super strong. I, I like garlic, though. I wanted to. I like garlic, too. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I'll eat all the garlic bread sticks at Olive Garden any day. Don't make me hungry. Oh, well. Deal with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Step number five to kill us, <laughs> to prevent us to goy. Smear its body. With fat of a pig killed on St. Ignatius Day. When is St. Ignatius Day? That's a fantastic question. You didn't look it up? I, no, I did not look it up. When is St. Well, if people in the audience want to know how to kill Strigoi, if they come across one, we got it. It's one of those things where it's like, kill it on, if it's killed on St. Patrick's Day, I'm like, okay, cool. I know when St. Patrick's Day is, but I don't know the date of St. Patrick's Day. I just know the when. The 31st of July. Cool, July. We just missed it. Fetch, guys. Well, we for the rest find... of the year, you're screwed. I'm, I'm sorry. We can go find a pig. Man. Yeah, find a pig, chop it up, look at the date preserves, on the bacon. And then... If it says killed on July 31st, keep it. Mark your calendars, y'all. So, according to Google, St. Ignatius was put into a new coffin and reinterred in the new church. Ignatius was beatified by Pope Paul V on 27th July, 1609, and canonized by Pope Gregory XV on the 12th of March, 1622. I still don't know why he's important. Maybe he's a vampire. Anyway, the final step to preventing a strigoi is to simply turn its body face down so that if the strigoi ever was to wake up, it would be headed to the afterlife. Just digging down? I, I, they just say, like... That's what I thought when I read that. I was like, would it be just digging down? I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, it just wakes up and it's, it's like in dirt, so it just starts digging probably the only direction it knows how, which is up. And which is would be in this case down. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's like that. Uh, it's like that joke with the woman with the really rich husband. He's like, "Honey, when I die, put all my money in the attic so I can take it when I, when I, when I go to heaven." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Okay." And then um, he died, and somebody's like, "So did you put his money in the attic?" It's like, "No, I put it in the basement." And buried him upside down. Oh, my god! <laughs> and like, oh, no. I might not be telling the joke right, but no, I, pretty much I she was saying her, her of... super materialistic husband was going to hell. So that's what <laughs> that reminded me of. Oh, that's true. But that's a lot of – that's basically most of the stuff I have on a stood go. I mean, there's a lot more I have, but like in terms of like interesting facts like that, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I can talk talk to you about early communist Russia experiences with Strigoi. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> oh my goodness. They took I mean like it's just it's a, kind of like a story. 1970 series of hideous crimes shocked Bucharest. Bu- Bucharest? Yeah. Um Budapest. Did you hear about this one? Uh I I the, saw the attacks took place at midnight during rainstorms. Victims were usually waitresses returning home from work. In 1971, Ian Rimaru was arrested and identified by teeth marks on corpses. That's like Ted Bundy. Yeah. During the trial, he was in a state of continual drowsiness. He was interrogated at night because he would he was not lucid at any other time. During daylight hours, Rimaru was interactively lethargic. Sentenced to death, Rimaru became violently agitated. Um, lots of policemen were needed to restrain him. After you can't sentence me to death. Yeah. I'm already dead. <laughs> after his accident, his dad, or after his execution, his dad actually died of a suspicious accident. And during the investigation of that accident, it was discovered that the father's fingerprints matched those of a serial killer active in 1944, whose crimes looked remarkably similar to those of Ayan Rimua, R- Rimaru. The similarities included the weather conditions, similar or identical names of some of the victims, and basically it was rumored that maybe the dad was the monster that was killing people, not the son. Jinkies. Oh, and maybe he turned his son. That's like kind of what it is, because they were like, they acted so strange. Like it was like, there's more stuff about it, like how, I mean, it went into depth about how they acted during daylight hours. And it wasn't like just, they said that even some of the guards were like, it wasn't just acting like they were physically in pain when they would like go outside or when mm. they would do certain things with them. And it was like, they could see that they were struggling to like breathe or any number of things. Cause they were in pain. And I was like, man, that's interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. Well, there's that, you know, in the video game vampire, you have more of a fresh memory than I do on this. There's mm-hmm. that one chick in the hospital who thinks she's a vampire. Oh, what's it called? Something's disease. Disease where you, it's like something with a C. Think you're, uh, nope, a <laughs> vampire. What is it called? Oh, Renfield syndrome. Renfield syndrome. Yeah, it's clinical vampirism. What clinical vampirism, more commonly known as Renfield syndrome or Renf- Renfield syndrome. Renfield's syndrome or Renfield syndrome is an obsession with drinking blood. So that's like Wendigo psychosis when you yeah. uh, you believe you have to survive on human flesh. I saw like I was I saw something <laughs> through my reading and it was just like about how people like not even being vampires will like want without even claiming to be a vampire will be like, oh, we need I drink human blood and they'll like whether they buy it off like the dark web or they like <laughs> find rob, donors, find donors or just do it to their own family like. They yeah. drink blood. The thing is, you'd get sick if you did that. I mean, if you taste your own blood, that's what I always say. Don't hold your nose back and get a bloody nose because you'll throw up. Because your body, when it gets the you know the blood in its stomach, it's like, hey, that's us. Get out. That's like when I got my wisdom teeth removed and I stayed awake for it because I didn't trust my parents to not uh, film me when I woke up in a drug-induced state. That's the best part, though. Because I don't trust what I would say under the influence. <laughs> <laughs> and I swallowed so much blood. Oh, ew, ew, ew. That that's all I threw up when I got home. Was that's just blood. disgusting. And that was terrifying. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't call up to my mom, so I, I literally texted her. She had just walked out of the house. She's like, I'm going to go get some stuff, okay? You just sit here. I'm like, okay. I'm dying. I, 
uh, yeah, I was really dizzy. That was about it because, you know, blood loss. And, <laughs> It'll do that. <laughs> and then as soon as she leaves, like, I just, I threw up in a bowl. Thankfully, I have great aim. And then I, I'm just leaning against the couch on the floor, and I text her, code red, code red, mayday. It, it and was she, red. <laughs> she comes back down. She's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, I swallowed a lot of blood. That's <laughs> Only gross. it sounded more like, uh-huh, uh She's like, you swallowed a lot of blood? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's so gross. But, I mean, just think, like, you threw up because you, you know, you swallowed blood. It doesn't take that much to trigger a reaction in a, human, in a body. Which is why, like, it's just weird. Like, I wonder if, like, if it's just our blood that does it to us. But I feel like if, like, anybody drank human blood, your body would be like, uh... What is this? What is this? Maybe, mm. like, I know, like, I know... So rich in iron. I, I know, but, like, there'll be steak. Like, people have medium-rare steak, you know, there's still kind of a little bit of blood maybe on that's it. That's how right? I have it. You know, yeah. And, like, that's okay. So, like, your body, like, processes that. It, also, it, it's, like, it's heated up a lot. Uh, yeah, I get that. But I almost wonder if, like, and this is not... This is not meant to sound cannibalistic. This is just a question. Go for it. Sound cannibalistic. So you eat a cow. Go ballistic. You eat a cow. You eat a piece of steak, and it has a little bit of blood on it just because it's just, you know, medium rare. Mm-hmm. No no side effects. Tastes fantastic because it's a piece of prime rib or prime, prime cut steak. If you, like, had meat and, like, you put, like, human blood on it just as, like, an experiment, would it trigger anything in the human body? Like, what if I ate it and I didn't know? It looked like a normal steak, but, like, some of the blood, like, some of it had been cooked, like, with human blood on it. Would I have a reaction or because it's been cooked and all kinds of different things, would it not affect me? Because that makes me think like these people who drink blood straight, whether like we said from donors or from buying it somehow, I'm just like, how do you do that? It it makes me even wonder because like – and like these people must not be real because that would just be crazy and make me want to throw up. But then I Google it and I see episodes of My Strange Addiction on on like TMC or something – and there's a woman who drinks blood, and they have videos of her doing it. There's also that dark tourist episode all about, like, vampires. I think he goes to, like, New Orleans. Yeah. And it's just, like, a vampire family. And essentially, they're all just outcasts. Yeah. Social outcasts, and they bond over the fact that they also drink blood. But it's... they're all super weird. Yeah, I but, just... I mean, they're nice people. I'm sure before they eat you. I'm just kidding. Well, they actually uh, they have donors. Like guys come and they volunteer. What? Yeah, that's crazy. And there was the whole thing, like the literally the the, the dude doing the documentary is kind of standing there, and he's like, "Is there like a sexual aspect to this?" Because he's from Australia. He's from New Zealand, actually. Oh. I'm probably butchering that accent. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, "Is there like a sexual aspect to this?" Because the dude sucking the blood is gay, and he is sucking the blood of another dude, but that dude's straight. So I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I didn't think there was, like, some sort of sexual aspect, but he asks him. He's like, no, not at all. And what he did was he had this little tiny, like, uh, he did, like, a lance, like what they give you at the at the oh, plasma thing where they prick your finger. make me throw up. Or I got, like, a little razor, and then he just, like, sucked it out of his back. Ew, yeah. no. Ew, no, no, no. Yeah, weird, right? But yeah, stay Even vampires are more clean than that. They just bite you. What? No, this this was way more sterile than a vampire bite. He like wiped it down with alcohol, did a tiny incision. Yeah, there's no mess at the end of a vampire bite though. It's because there's nothing left. Exactly, dude. Exactly. They're clean. There can't be. There will be no (laughs) witnesses. It's impossible to have witnesses if they're all dead. Pretty much the same, same philosophy. That's super gross though. But yeah, if you drink blood and you're listening to this, 
you do you. I don't judge you. But if you come near me, I'll hit you. I won't hit you. I'll throw haymakers. But if you go to bite me, I'll be a little concerned. He'll he'll let me hit you. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. If you do drink blood, I doubt anybody who listens to this does. But if you do or you know people, tell them to email us because we'd like to know. Oh, yeah. If you drink blood, we want to know why. We want to know why. We're not trying to make fun of you. We just have no idea why. It's kind of just one of those things where we mock things that we don't understand because that's what comedy is. Um, But if you know, tell us. Because for a lot of our research, we don't really know And we don't want to be insensitive. Nope. (laughs) In most aspects. Uh, so That's do you want to? So I told you about the transcript yes. that I transcribed earlier. Do, do you want me to read it? Okay. Yes. So course. this is from Joseph Piton de Tournefort. Joseph Piton de Tournefort. Um, <laughs> that was such. He wrote Tournefort. He wrote this book called A Voyage into the Levant, and he he died in 1708, but the book was actually published in 1741. And here is the beginning of the transcript that I so painstakingly spoke into my phone and edited off of the <laughs> off of the manuscript that's in super freaking old English. Anyway, quote, we were present at a scene and one very barbarous in the same land in the, my phone. It says Barbara's barbarous <laughs> in the same land, which happened upon occasion of one of those purposes, which they fancy come to life again after their interment. The man whose story we are going to relate was a peasant of Missone. It's spelled M-Y-C-O-N-E, Missone. Naturally ill-natured and quarrelsome. This is a circumstance to be taken notice of in such cases. He was murdered in the fields. Nobody knew how or by whom. Two days after being buried in a chapel in the town, it was noise, noise the boat that he was seen oh well it was heard that he was seen to walk in the night with great haste and he tumbled about people's goods put out their lamps griped them from not groped them griped them from behind and a thousand other <laughs> monkey tricks so people were just seeing this dude like agitated walking around at night they're like whoa isn't that guy dead anywho at first the story was received with laughter but the thing was looked upon to be very you this is a circumstance to be taken notice of in such cases. He was, what the heck? I went way back up. The thing was, okay, was, uh, at first the story was received with laughter, but the thing was looked upon to be serious. When the better sort of people began to complain of it, the papas, priests, themselves give credit to the fact and no doubt had their reasons for so doing. Masses must be said, to be sure. But for all of this, the peasant drove his old trade and heeded nothing they could do. After diverse meetings of the chief people in of the city, of priests and monks, it was gravely concluded that it was necessary, in consequence of some musty ceremonial, to wait till nine days after the interment should be expired. Hmm. So wait nine days after he's dead. Yeah. On the tenth day, they said one mass, they had one mass in the chapel, where the body was laid in order to drive out the demon which they imagined was got into it. After mass, they took up the body and got everything ready for pulling out its heart. The butcher of the town, a clumsy and an old clumsy fellow, first opens the belly instead of the breast. He groped a long while among the entrails, but could not find what he looked for. <laughs> Where's the heart? At last, somebody told him he should cut up the diaphragm. The heart was pulled out to the admiration of all the spectators. 
I couldn't watch this. How could people watch this? Yeah, I know. In the meantime, the course stunk so abominably. Oh, yeah. So this half of this manuscript is about how much the body stank. The corpse stunk, yeah. Yeah. That they were obliged to burn frankincense, but the smoke mixing with the exhalations from the carcass (laughs) increased the stink and began to model the poor people's pericranies. Pericranies? Oh, well. (laughs) They are imagination. Like a good time. Their imagination, struck with the spectacle before them, grew full of visions. It came into their n- noddles that effect noggins. That noddles is the actual word in the manuscript. Wow. That effect smoke arose out of the body. Durst not say it was the smoke of the incense. They were incessantly bawling out, Vricolacas. I had to look up the pronunciation of this and write it down because there was no way I was gonna memorize this. That's actually the Greek word for vampire. So they're high, basically. No, they're all like, Vricolacas, Vricolacas. But they said that because with the mix of the smoke of the frankincense and the stink of the body, they were having visions and hallucinations. Is that what it said? No, frankincense isn't a hallucinogen. But go back to what you said a minute ago. It says they saw things, didn't it? Their imagination struck with the spectacle before them grew full of visions. So they pretty much just had mob, mob mentality. Oh, I thought it was going to say like they were high off of like the no. stench. I was like, wow. Um, so they, Thank you for clarifying. They <laughs> saw, okay, so they saw like smoke coming from the body mm-hmm. and they're like, that can't be the incense and then they all freaked out. That's what happened. So they're all saying, Vricolacas, Vricolacas. Uh, in the chapel in place before it, this is the name they give to the pretended redivity. I looked that up and that's Latin for old materials doesn't make any sense. I thought it was going to be like undead or something. The noise bellowed through the streets, and it seems to be a name invented on purpose to render the roof of the chapel. Oh my gosh. Several there present averred that the wretch's blood was extremely red. The butcher swore the body was still warm, whence they concluded that the deceased was a very ill man for not being thoroughly dead. (laughs) Or in plain, this man is not thoroughly dead. What a crime. Or in plain terms, for suffering himself to be reanimated by Old Nick. Apparently there's this dude, Old Nick, which is the notion they have of a Vricolacas. It's like a necromancer or something? I don't know, just like a master vampire or something like that. They then rolled out that name in a stupendous manner. Just at this time came in a flock of people loudly protesting the plain we perceive the body was not grown... Grown stiff? Was not grown stiff when it was carried from the fields to church to be buried, and that consequently it was a true vrikalakas. I'm pretty sure I'm already pronouncing it wrong again. Mm. Which word was still the burden of this song. So this dude is like fed up. He's like, and they are still using that gosh darn word. What the heck? He, this dude is just fed up with the people, by the way. Because <laughs> this book was uh, made on order of the king at the time. Oh, that always goes well. So he's doing a report, and he's like, these people are idiots, my liege. (laughs) I don't doubt they would have sworn it did not stink had we not been there. So amazed were the poor people with this disaster, and so infatuated with their notion of the dead's being reanimated. As for us who were who were got as close to the corpse as we could, that we might be more exact in our observations, we were almost poisoned with the intolerable stink that issued from it. When they asked us what we thought of this body, we told them we believed it to be very thoroughly dead. 
This guy is dead, people. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I almost wonder if it's just because life was so boring back then that, like, the peasants <laughs> and villagers were like, we have to think of something to be entertained. That sounds terrible, but I mean. Yeah, Puritan life sounds pretty boring, too, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them for doing witch trials, either. But I mean, like, that's, like, the guy, <laughs> the guy even says it there. It's like, it stunk. That's what happens to bodies when they start to decompose. Yeah. They stink. No, it is the rot of the devil. It's, it's just the rot of the flesh. <laughs> the rot of flesh. Let me cut off your arm and we can see it for a few days, see what happens. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. That was violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let me see where I was. Oh, when they asked us what we thought of this body, we told them we believed it to be very thoroughly dead. But as we were willing to cure, or at least not to exasperate their prejudiced imaginations. This dude is going hard yeah, in his writing. These people are insane. We were represented to them that it was no wonder the butcher should feel a little warmth when he groped among entrails that, that, that were then rotting. That it was no extraordinary thing for it to, um, to emiss fumes <coughs> since dawn... Excuse me. Turned up since dung, not dawn. Dung turned up will do the same. That's <laughs> as for the pretended redness of the redness of the blood. It still it still appeared by the butcher's hands to be nothing but a very stinking, nasty smear. <laughs> this dude just, just he's fed up, and so I he's love just it. basically saying he's like they're full of it. They're yeah. just so they're so, either they're full of it or they're just lying straight up or they're crazy. Listen to this. After all our reasons, they were of opinion it would be the wisest course to burn the dead man's heart on the seashore. But this execution did not make him a bit more tractable. He went on with his racket more furiously than ever. He was accused of beating folks in the night, breaking down doors and even roofs on houses, clattering windows, tearing clothes, emptying bottles of vessels. Twas the most thirsty devil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, I can tell he's just mocking these yeah, people. Yeah, I mean. He's like, even after they've satisfied their curiosity and watched a dude get his heart burnt. Yeah. They're just they're like, oh, I'm not done with this excitement. They just ramp it up. And so he's just making fun of them. Calling, this was a, this is a very thirsty devil, guys. I believe he did not spare anybody but the consul in whose house we launched, lodged. Nothing could be more miserable than the condition of this island. Oh, my God! All the inhabitants seemed frightened out of their senses. The wisest among them were stricken like the rest. <laughs> Twas an epidemical disease of the brain as dangerous and infectious as the madness of dogs. <laughs> Whole wow. families quitted their houses and brought their tent beds from the farthest part of the town into the public place. They are to spend the night. <laughs> They were every instance complaining of some new insult. Nothing was to be heard but sighs and sighs and groans at the approach of night. The better sorts of people retired into the country. After all this panic and more, they eventually just burned the whole body. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so basically, once again, mass hysteria, yeah. exaggeration, and mob mentality and confusion yeah. get the better of society. Obviously, nobody like not too many people died from this. I don't think anybody but, did. Yeah, the one dude who was murdered in a field. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like the Blair. It wasn't the Blair. It wasn't like the uh, Salem witch trials. But still, like people, doesn't matter where you're from, how, where you, wh what time period you live in, you're all. We're all still susceptible to that mass panic. That's the other thing. If I'm cremated, you don't have to worry about burning me, burning my corpse, burning you twice, because I'm already burnt. Oh, I burned the ashes. If you really want to, I don't care. People do that. I'm confused. What burn the ashes? <laughs> yeah, no, I, just, I know why, but like it's just. Just like it's already gone. <laughs> oh, well. Do you have a story? Because I have another thing, but I don't want to talk for like no, no, 
20 yeah, minutes straight. Uh, I think, like, the only thing that I want to talk about now is, like, I mean, we've kind of transitioned from Strog... Strigwa. Strigwa to vampires more now, mm-hmm. since obviously we've done that. Um, it's... I don't know. I th- I kind of want to go back to, like, the Vad... Vlad, Vlad the Impaler discussion. Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. And, like, how you said that like, he was a hero and stuff. And I'm sure most, if not everyone listening to this, knows at least some of the story of Vlad the Impaler. He would kill his enemies by putting them on wooden stakes yeah, and his, watching them slowly lower by gravity. His name was literally Vlad Dracula. That was his name. And his nickname was Vlad the Impaler. And he was born in Transylvania, Romania. Which, after the Austria-Hungary thing happened and a bunch of different, you know, countries became their own independent countries, it kind of dissipated and doesn't exist anymore. Um, anyway, he, people from what, what my history studies have found is that, like you said, they, people said he was very just. And like yeah. Very so good. he was, he was super just, but just extremely cool. He was disgusting. Yeah. Um, he, like you said, he, he fought against the Ottoman empire. He earned fought them off. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he would do that thing where he would impale people while they were alive, obviously dead too, but alive on wooden stakes. I'm not talking like the little ones that we see priests hold in the movies to stab a vampire. I'm talking like they have like a freaking two by four or something even bigger. No, they, it was big. Yeah. It was like a big post in yeah. the ground really tall. And they tall make and they a point just... and they just set people on top of it. And like whether it's they cut into them themselves. I think what it said is they would like put a slit in the person. Like they would cut into the person like just. Like, so they get a head start. Yeah, basically. Like they basically would like, cut into their skin. Not enough to like cause real damage, but like it's going to hurt still. Mm. And then they would like. They'd basically put you in a position where you could like put the point of the stake into that cut, and then just they, they just would drop you. They would like push you a little bit, and at that point your spine would break, and you would just kind of fall over it, and then gravity would just push it through. <sighs> and so he would do that, and you got to think though, like obviously, like for any attacking army, Ottoman Empire speaking here, who comes in and sees that, you're gonna be terrified. I don't care if you have a massive force. You walk in and you see that kind of carnage. It's going to throw you off. But, like, I mean, in terms of, like, shock and awe, it's even if he wasn't a vampire, I mean, he's just, like, a, a military general and a leader. Well, it was rumored that he would, Eat. he was fond of dining yeah. among his dying victims. Yeah, that's And he would dip his bread in their blood and eat it. Yeah, I That's heard, a rumor, though. I heard something like that, and what a lot of historians also say is the fact that, rather than that, he didn't dip it in their blood, but obviously at that is... A, a truth that is a historical thing. But in what I was reading about, it was like talking about how he would always go out there. Cause he, like it says he was a just ruler, but he's kind of sadistic. I mean, you've got to be sadistic to allow that kind of death punishment. Mm-hmm. And he would eat and he would always have wine while he did it. And he would watch as they did it, especially if they were like high ranking leaders and like the opposition. I'd want to watch him die too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he would do that. And obviously people have like taken that as he always watched How it. How you doing up there? Yeah. And I doubt he watched every single one of it because we know that it was like in the thousands yeah, by geez. the end of it. I doubt that he did it every time. Have you seen that thing? <laughs> Vlad the Impaler discovers marshmallows. No. It's just a picture of Vlad the Impaler and he's got a marshmallow and then he puts a wooden stick through and he just looks at it and he goes, well, this is effing great. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, I don't know, like, with all this stuff of like, you know, vampires and stuff like that, I just almost think like, once again, it's just like mass hysteria spreads yeah. this around. And something that's kind of funny, and I'm sure you've seen this too, it's like, 
I read this and I couldn't help but laugh just because I just, I don't know why. This might sound really offensive, but like, it, there's, there's part of the article regarding Vlad the Impaler says, according to Dracula expert, Dracula expert, awesome Elizabeth Miller, Stoker, Brian Stoker, Bram Stoker, didn't base Count Dracula's life on Vlad Dracula, even though they are Similar. of the same name, from the same place, have the same resemblance because he knew, you know, from historical records, yeah. same family names of like relatives. <laughs> And uh, did the same kind of things. But it's not Vlad Dracula. She says, it's not him. Yeah. It's not him. That's like me being like, okay, this guy, you know, he's he 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 he, he was, uh, shoot, I was going to say something, but I decided not to. Oh, yeah, no, this dude, yeah, he, he walked on water. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm. yeah, Steve from down the street. Yeah, he walked on water. The dude turned water into wine. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he also, like, helped the dead guy come back to life. But it's not Jesus. It's a guy in that book I invented. His name's Steve. I totally didn't copy off Jesus. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I didn't. It's an original thought. You're smirking. It's not funny. Do you see how it sounds? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, she, it's, I'm sorry, like Elizabeth, but uh, I'm sure you're a wonderful <laughs> woman. Agree to disagree. But the fact that it has all those similarities and the yeah. fact that there's family names, you know, all these different things that we already said, it's, it's the same person. <laughs> it's just, it is. In our... Semi, not professional at all opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, real quick, right before we end, I have one more story of mass hysteria. Yes, and then we'll I close love off. these stories. Okay, I'll make this quick. Nah, you don't have to. Serbia. Oh, good times. 1725. Ooh. Peter Blagojevic. He died in 1725, but a few months later, 10 weeks to be exact, people in his town began to drop like flies because over an eight-day period, nine townspeople were killed, all claiming before they died that they were being visited by Pitar. Wait, they told them? Wait. They claimed before they died they were being visited by him? Yes. They're like, he came to me in the night and like... That's ridiculous. And like bothered me, and then they would die. Like, they claimed he would come and attack them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And so, (laughs) after begging the right higher-ups, the townsfolk were permitted to open his grave and and examine the corpse. But instead of finding a decomposing corpse, they found instead, and this was the thing, too. When bodies die, sometimes their hair grows and their nails grow, and they have blood at the corners of their mouth. And they have bloated stomachs from the gas and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That's a scientific thing. They did not know that. That's why they freaked out. Kind of like rigor mortis, too. Like when your body gets stiff and you sit up. Like these things that just people freak out about, like zombies, but it's just scientific facts that people don't recognize back then. Oh, I didn't know you sit up when you have rigor mortis. I thought it was just going stiff after you die. Well, yeah, but like it can make your arm step up or like people oh. will have like videos or pictures right, okay. of like bodies moving. Anyway. So, so they found a corpse with longer hair, nails, and it actually didn't stink, which I don't believe. Yeah, I doubt that. Okay. Probably they also saw blood in its mouth, then. and so then they uh, drove a stake into his chest and burned his body to ashes. As Wait, know. what's the point of that? Drive a stake into... Oh, just kill him with the stake first and then burn him. Just Make to, sure he can't fight back. Right. Yeah. No, I feel like with the stink, I feel like everything stunk back then. They didn't brush their teeth and they didn't shower, so I feel like you just get used to the stink. There's a little crap on the streets. Yeah. I almost wonder if that's why those guys who wrote the letter to the king were like... Oh, my gosh. They were saying, like, oh, it's not that bad. There's no stink here. And they were like, it literally is reeking. And they're like, no, we don't smell anything. It's probably because they were so used to it. That sounds awful. But, I mean, like, you don't smell your own B.O. and stuff like that. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. 
That's pretty cool. Oh, I did find that disease you were talking about with the whole black. disease? Uh, no, uh, the one about the black plague with the, the blisters and stuff. And oh. The boils. So I was reading through something and I found it wasn't, like we said, um, especially during the Middle Ages, it wasn't uncommon for anyone with an unfamiliar or emotional illness to be labeled a vampire. Many researchers have pointed out that there's a disease called, how do you say that? Porphyra? P-O-R- P-H-Y-R-I-A. Porphyria. Porphyria, porphyria, porphyria. A blood disorder that can cause severe blisters on skin when exposed to sunlight. A disease that may also have been linked to the vampire legend. Um, Something funny. A way to treat that is to have blood. Nice. It's a blood transfusion. Oh, okay. But the fact that you need blood and, you know, whether it's... You know, that's just, that, that in itself is like, vampire, no, I need a blood transfusion. No, it's not even a real thing yet. And then other things were rabies and goiters were things that people thought of as vampiric things. Awesome. Anyway, I just, I wanted to find out what that was so people knew. But it's a real thing. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. All right, guys, that's our episode today. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all the support we get on our social media. We have over 150 Uh, followers so far just on our page alone which is super awesome if you like this podcast please share it with your friends please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts you can find us on itunes spotify google and soundcloud and we've actually submitted to pandora as of last night so that'll be a few weeks but you'll soon be able to find us on there you can also like us on facebook and follow us on twitter username studies in shadow for all inquiries requests and questions inquiries (laughs) you can reach us at studiesinshadow at gmail.com all lowercase all one word music composed and produced by jack rogers and matthew gonzalez this has been studies in shadow thank you for listening and be safe